Welcome to the podcast. Today, we've got a really exciting guest, Michael J. Fox. Back to the future, you're thinking, but no, he is Michael J. Fox from Fable. Fable is, let's call it a meat substitution that is absolutely delicious, and you're going to learn lots about that. So enjoy. Michael J. Fox, one of the founders of Fable, a meat substitution, would you call it? or a, Yeah, a, yeah, an alternative. Not nice to see, Graham. Um, yeah, you too, my friend. Yeah. Um, We've yeah, been here 10 minutes. These are always awkward starts. We never get off to a good start. For <laughs> some reason, I think it's me. Okay. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> um, yeah, an alternative to slow-cooked meats like pulled pork, braised beef, beef brisket. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's absolutely delicious. What, what made you do this? So I've been vegetarian for four and a half years. For me, uh, kind of ethical, environmental health reasons. Um, and yeah, just got, I, I finished up, I was in, ran a, started and ran a fashion business for the last 10 years and finished up with that mid 2018. Um, took six months off, um, just ended up, just had, had a break, but just ended up spending a lot of time reading about um, industrial animal agriculture and uh, the alternative protein space and just got, very passionate about the idea of wanting to help contribute to um, sort of minimising our reliance on particularly the heavy parts sort of factory farming and the heavy parts of industrial animal agriculture and um, figured that, yeah, the best way I could contribute to that uh, might be starting a, a, yeah, an alternative protein company. Lots of people, talking to all the people around me, um, being vegetarian, you know, trying to convince people to, to become vegetarian. Um, I, I think I'd, in four and a half years, I've convinced two people to go vegetarian. Um, I caught up with one of them recently. He's not even vegetarian anymore. So I'm obviously a pretty terrible activist. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but in talking to all of those people, lots of people want to reduce their meat consumption. Like there's a yeah. general awareness that, that we eat too much meat and it's not good for us and all good for the environment. Um, and, and talking to those people, they want to reduce their meat consumption, but they still love the taste and texture of meat. So, yeah, if you can give them something that has that delicious taste and texture of meat but make it from something other than animals, then pe- people are really keen on that sort of product. So is it good for you? So that's uh, a big part of what was behind uh, creating the product. So I've been vegetarian for four and a half years. I was living in Los Angeles um, for four years up until coming back to Australia 18 months ago, um, eating all of the meat alternatives on the market. Um, and in, so in thinking through developing a meat alternative, I wanted to do something different. Um, we've done, and, and what we've done with Fable, it's different in two ways to other meat alternatives on the market. So firstly, we're replicating a different type of meat compared with the minced beef or, or chicken that most of the meat alternatives are. So we're replicating pulled pork, braised beef, beef brisket. And then the second thing, um, you know, like, like you guys actually, like I, I'm, I'm a pretty healthy eater, shop at my local farmer's markets um, uh, and do a lot of my own cooking, love baking my own sourdough, um, brew my own water kefir and kombucha. Um, and so I eat a pretty minimally processed, healthy diet. I have to say um, you do look like you're about 25. Right? <laughs> how, how old are you? You must be. Uh, yeah, I'm about to turn 39. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. No, you are, that. You're very, very healthy. So. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So, yeah, we wanted to develop a really, I, I personally wanted to develop a really kind of healthy, minimally processed whole food based meat alternative and I didn't want to use textured vegetable protein or, or anything artificial in it. Um, and so that sort of set me, that thought, um, I'd come from fashion, not food. So I uh, went and talked to anyone who would chat to me in the food industry about, you know, how, how to, is it possible, would it be possible to create a meat alternative out of natural, healthy, whole food ingredients? And that 
pretty quickly set me down the path of, of some chefs and people I was talking to set me down the path of potentially using mushrooms as the base ingredient. Um, and so through that process of exploring the mushroom world, um, I met my two co-founders. Um, so Jim Fuller, who, who you know, uh, yeah. he um, is a is a fine dining chef for 10 years. He grew up in Texas, fine dining chef for 10 years, studied chemical engineering and agricultural science, majored in mycology, which is, uh, yeah, mushroom science. Yeah. Uh, and so he's worked well, as well, mushroom he, He's on my list. Years to do a podcast with yeah, and, and, he's, uh, and, he's, and he said to me last night you've you know you've jumped the queue so, <laughs> so really i mean i i i am a massive fan of his energy and his yeah, he's, awesome. he's willing to live life i know that he went vegan for a year or so just to try it out exactly yeah and uh i think you're in really good hands there so the the co-founders uh, as you said it was yourself uh jim and the, um, chris a mushroom farmer yeah is that yep, correct exactly. tell us tell us what you all add to the mix yeah so yeah jim and chris come from the really sort of strong mushroom technical mushroom backgrounds so yeah jim the chef mushroom scientist uh chris uh co-founded australia's largest organic mushroom farm he was organic farmer of the year in 2018 and young farmer of the year in 2018 um so he brings the whole kind of growing agricultural side of mushrooms and and sort of and 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 in in the organic space in particular so so yeah between jim and chris uh everything from growing mushrooms to the science behind mushrooms to how to cook mushrooms. So they're the kind of technical side of the business. And then, and then, yeah, I kind of, I guess I bring the kind of startup business, branding, marketing, sales, distribution sort of side, um, cover that off. And Chris has got some background in that too from his mm. farming days. He's not going to get Jim in front of the mic much, are you? <laughs> well, Jim, <laughs> I, re- I can listen to Jim all day. No, like his passion for- No, I want to do a podcast with him, like <laughs> yeah, I said. his so. passion for mushrooms. And his knowledge. His, uh, and his knowledge is roof. amazing. Yeah, yeah. He literally lives and breathes mushrooms. And actually, Chris is the same. Chris can- The night, the, the night I met Jim and Chris, um, we- We'd sort of been talking on the phone a little bit and we were interested in, you know, maybe there's something here working together because they were exploring doing some meat alternatives with mushrooms as well. Uh, and so we teed up coffee uh, one afternoon at a coffee shop down in Melbourne near where Chris, is li- Chris lives. And we, all, we met up at three and we'd agreed we'll keep the evening free. We'll all keep our calendars free but we'll see how the coffee goes. So we'll go have an hour coffee and then we can, we can Four catch days up later. more afterwards. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was really. literally like 12 hour. Uh, went from three uh, in the afternoon to pretty much 3 a.m. I know uh, <laughs> Nick and I, who helps us here with the podcast, uh, I was... Um, I said to him that when we go to a gym, we've got to make sure that we've got a, a night booked in Melbourne because yeah, uh, we'll do a sure. podcast with him in the afternoon and it could go crazy. Yeah, yeah. particularly with his mushrooms. Case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you can um, have some fun there. So, so Jim, he works in the lab uh, down in Melbourne, doing a lot of testing. Is that correct? Yeah, yep. Yeah. All product development. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, set up his scientific uh, product development lair. He converted his garage in his house, which is actually, he did right before coronavirus and it's actually worked out well with uh, isolating yeah, and working yeah, yeah. from home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the slow cooked meat is the main product. Is there any other products in the making? Yeah, so that's the, that's the first one we've developed and launched. And then we're yeah, working on a whole bunch of other um, meat alternatives with mushrooms as the base. So we're probably, probably six to 12 months out from launching other products, but working on uh, a burger, which I know you've tried one of the, the sort of kitchen benchtop yep, yep. versions, um, working on some mushroom-based seafoods uh, and really? potentially bacon and just some other things. Those are all in the early stages of testing, but 
Uh, yeah, Jim is a, a mad scientist. I, I, and, I uh, actually, he reminds me, dare I say it, of the dude from Back to the Future. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's, really that's, who he, that's yeah. what he's like, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> uh, a quick story about Jim that's funny and it has nothing to do with this. He got on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram live one day and was like, I think I'm on live. And, and his kids were walking past in the background. I assume they're his kids. And uh, they were going, um, yeah, you're on live, Dad. And it was the funniest stuff ever. And he started talking about me. Like, I want to do this thing with Graham where we split the screen. And, uh, yeah, he's That's hilarious. Awesome. He's so hilarious. He's, uh, he's got some connections as well. He's, um, he's good. He's good mates with Heston Blumenfeld. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, uh, Heston has been getting into the kind of mushroom world himself over the last few years. And so Heston had reached out to this Thai mushroom professor um, to learn more about mushrooms. And Jim's good friends with this Thai mushroom professor. So uh, when Heston reached out, this Thai mushroom professor called up Jim and said, oh, Heston is a chef and he's into, into mushrooms. Like I can obviously teach him about science, but you're a chef as well. Do you want to come up to Thailand and, and take Heston on a bit of a tour of the of the fungi world. And so, um, yeah, they ended up, Heston and Jim ended up spending a couple of days together in Thailand a few years ago, hit it off. Uh, and then, yeah, Heston spent a couple of days with Chris and Jim uh, early last year in Melbourne when Heston was down in Melbourne. And then, um, yeah, Heston tried our product last year, loved it. And yeah, we were pretty thrilled to launch it at Dinner by Heston in Melbourne uh, late last year. That was kind of our launch event. And we're cooking on here old uh, Heston Bloomfield's barbecue right now. That's impressive that you've got one of these. Yeah, it's an yeah. excellent barbecue. It's, yeah, well, very a heap of funny stories. I nearly ended up with two. My wife nearly bought me one and she was away and I went and bought one for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I do I do love it. It's great. Um, so um, tell me some funny stories about, uh, you know, Heston. Yeah. Jim told me to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in France or somewhere? Or I, oh, geez, I don't know what I could say on a uh, on a podcast, but um, let's just say that uh, yeah, Heston Heston invited us over to uh, in February. Invited us over to the south of France. He's got his um, kind of development kitchen and set up in a house in the south of France. This is, this is an un- unbelievable life experience. So so Chris, Jim, and I, and Chris's wife Nat, we all, all went over to. Flew over to the south of France and spent two days. How did you guys get away with leaving your wife behind for that? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I mean, no way. Man, if like south of France, I'm coming yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said to my wife, uh, Heston's actually Heston invited Jim and Chris. I'd not mess, met Heston before. Yeah. And Jim and Chris called me up and said, oh, uh, Heston's invited us to the south of France. Like, do you think it's, uh, you know, business priority should we go and I was like hell yeah you should go and and I'm coming then <laughs> <laughs> I said to, said that to my wife and she was like yeah right you, if, if Heston's invited you to the south of France you're allowed to go <laughs> so your, your actual full name is Michael J Fox yeah it is uh, J- James is my middle name yep, yeah yep, right, yeah yep, yep. and your wife's name's Kat Katrin, yeah. So Katrin, her name's Cat Fox. Cat Fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> so what happened over there in the south of France? Yeah, so we spent two days uh, with Heston and his team, and that was yeah, kind of exploring uh, exploring all things mushrooms, um, food, and yeah, all sorts of other uh, fun uses of mushrooms. And then uh, we was there any magic? Um, there. <laughs> this is where I've got to be a little bit careful, <laughs> but uh, yes. Mushrooms are um, can, right. be, can be magic. Yeah, <laughs> let's just leave it at that. <laughs> but okay. some other fun, other fun things. Uh, we went over to so Heston invited us to go to the, have lunch at the Fat Duck, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, we we went over there and had yeah. I mean, 
best dining experience of my life. Uh, um, having and 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 uh, they they do some really clever personalization in the in the lunch too, or at least they did did for us. So in the two days in the south of France. Um, it had just come up in conversation how much Jim passionately hates opera. We just had this discussion <laughs> about that. And then at the lunch, there's this uh, part of the lunch where you're eating, kind of going through the seafood section and you actually, they, give, they come out with um, iPods and put earphones in your ears and you're listening to the sounds of the ocean while you're eating because yeah. it's a whole kind of immersive experience. So we're all sitting there with the uh, headphones in our ears listening to the sounds of the ocean and Jim looks up at us <laughs> after a few minutes and goes, are you guys? What the, are you guys getting? There's opera playing in my iPod, and Heston had pranked Jim. We were getting still the ocean, but Jim's iPod was playing him opera, and it was because yeah, of that conversation a couple of days before wow, in South of France. Gold. Very, uh, very clever. Very, yeah, awesome. Great experience. So that's all uh, a beautiful natural product. Yes, so it's two-thirds Swiss shiitake mushroom for the base ingredient of the product. So shiitake mushrooms, and Jim will tell you more about this, but they're a very slow-growing mushroom, and so they're a little bit firmer, um, which works really well for our slow-cooked meat product. We basically take the shiitake mushroom, we shred it to give you that kind of stringy, meaty texture, mm. um, and then uh, then the other third of the ingredient list is yeah, short, all-natural ingredients, all the kinds of things that you would... Is that like the 11 herbs and spices? Yeah, except less of them and uh, not secret because we print it on our packaging. Yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, coconut oil? Um, is that like the, the fatty bit? That's the that fatty bit. Brings the, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, coconut yeah. oil is really healthy oil and, yeah, we use that for the, yeah. for the fat. Um, is it healthy when you cook it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the ingredient deck yeah. is, yeah, it's 62% shiitake mushroom. Um, shiitake mushrooms, you know, incredibly healthy food um, used in Chinese medicine for thousands of years. Yep. Western science has kind of caught up with all the health, health benefits. They're particularly high in, um, in some of the things that you can miss in a plant-based diet. So they're really high in vitamin B12, iron and vitamin D. Um, plus they're super high in fiber. Um, they're a great prebiotic. So, so the iron thing, there's always that iron thing with, with vegos. Like they're all going, oh, if you're going to be a vego, you've got to take an iron tablet. Like what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I mean, I've, yeah, I've been vegetarian for four years. I, I go get a blood test every year just to, to just for general health checkup. Yeah. Um, and I, my iron levels, my iron levels were actually too high back when I ate meat. And now I'm smack bang in the middle of mm. uh, where you should be with iron. And that's, I think, a function of I think I get my iron from, you know, I eat a fair few leafy greens, mm. they're full of iron, um, and yeah, I eat quite a lot of mushrooms, obviously. Mm. Um, yeah, so no, <clears throat> I no think, issues for iron. I think I'm potentially the target market for what you're doing in that. That my wife's also um, it's a vegan. She, I mean, no, she's not. She's a vegetarian. She eats, she eats fish and cheese and, and milk. Pescatarian. <laughs> and I, um, I love the taste of uh, meat, like a lot of people, but... I'm very happy to reduce it if I can find something that, that substitute. Now, I mean, I love vegetables and I'm eating more and more and more. I can go for weeks without even realize I haven't eaten meat. So I'm probably, you know, fairly through the, the transition. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the other night when you gave me one to sample. So I knew what we were talking about today, uh, the slow cooked and I ended up making it into a curry and um, it was truly delicious. I did take it to work and I gave it to Brendan, who's one of our main guys at Suncoast and he, um, uh, the main guy just just goes anyway, and um, he uh, he he didn't realise it was um, 
you know, not meet. Yeah, right. You and didn't I, tell him. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, and I took it into and Lindsay, another guy who works for us, also a very main guy, and he tried it as well. And you know, I wouldn't call him a you know you know you know a guy who's um, you know restauranty, but um, he ate it down and didn't know the difference either. So yeah, wow, that awesome. was a, that yeah. was uh, and and also Amanda, my wife, tested it, and being a vegetarian, she actually doesn't really like meat anymore. Yeah. And uh, she said it was too much like meat for her to enjoy. So. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's what I we think like to that hear that's from the best vegans. you can ever, <laughs> ever get. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned that it's made in, uh, in Malaysia. Yeah, yep. And why is that? So uh, mushrooms, basically the, the mushroom industry in, in Australia and the US and actually most Western markets is relatively small compared with Asia. So in Australia we eat 2.3 kilograms of mushrooms per person per year. Um, in Asia, it's about 13 and a half kilos of mushrooms per person per year. So per person, it's like five times the volume of mushrooms eaten in, in Asia compared with Australia. And then you've got a lot more people. So there's just a much larger volume of mushrooms grown, a much, much larger volume of or scientific knowledge and people who understand mushrooms and how to work with them. And then more... Um, manufacturers who who work with mushrooms and can do value-added work with mushrooms. So it was basically a, it was kind of a speed to market thing. Like if, if we were to, well, actually it was a couple of things. So shiitake mushrooms, which we use for the product, um, very few of them grown in Australia. Um, the most commonly grown mushroom in Australia is the agaricus mushroom, which is kind of the white button mushroom that you buy in supermarkets. Um, and so, yeah, we need to use a shiitake mushroom, not many of them grown in Australia, so we had to source them overseas anyway. Um, and then the knowledge and ability to be able to scale up manufacturing of the product we developed, um, there just wasn't that skill set or equipment in Australia, um, but there was in, in Asia and particularly in Malaysia. So um, I spent about six months traveling around and visiting all sorts of different food factories. And yeah, we found found a really good one in Malaysia. They've got all the right um, sort of food safety standards and yep. you know, proved to export into Australia and the US and, and other markets. They're, they're a big, sophisticated facility. And um, yeah, they were they were keen to work with us on the product. It's a massive market. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, it's super exciting. Like, I mean, I know when I spoke to you on the phone the first time, I was just like, I was so excited for you from a, from a business type, development type, Wow, I can see the marketing. I can see it's on trends, so to speak. Um, more people are more aware of what happens to animals when they are, mm. you know, um, put through the system. And, you know, a lot of us have turned our eye to that. And, you know, then there's the, you know, I'm sure that they'll, you know, I, I wonder, will, do you think 200, 300 years' time, do you ever think there'll be a time where we don't eat animals? Yeah, I mean, I, I reckon it's going to be sooner than that. So if you think about why people buy meat, like, no, the value proposition for that customer is like number one, it's taste and texture. Like it's yeah. got to, people just love the taste and texture of meat. You know, we've we've evolved eating meat. It's like ingrained in us to love that. You know, yeah. people don't want to. You, you can change your taste, but most people don't want to eat falafel balls and hemp seed patties. They they love they love meat. Um, that's number one. Uh, but then num then number two is price. Um, so people buying food are very driven by price. Uh, and then a distant third is like your yeah, health environment and yeah, ethics right. is like far down the list. So so people are buying on taste, texture and price. So our goal is to beat the taste and texture of meat, um, you know, not, not just match it, but actually produce something that it tastes even better than meat. Uh, and then secondly, do it at a price that's lower than meat from animals. Um, animals are an incredibly inefficient way to produce food, um, you know, to produce pulled pork, for example, you've got to feed a pig 
eight kilograms of plant matter to get one kilogram of meat out the other side. So you've just got massive loss um, just just in that feed process, let alone everything else that you've got to do with the animal. Let's go. Let's have that. Let's have that chat about the animals. Like yeah. like what are, what are animals doing that is what is bad for you know the world? Like what why shouldn't we eat animals potentially? You know yeah. let's 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 have that conversation. Yeah yeah for, for the. So, so there's a few things. So um, firstly, uh, 49% of the world's habitable landmass is devoted to animal agriculture. And that, that, sound, that figure, like I didn't believe that figure when I first heard it, but the reason it's so high is two things. So one, grazed animals use up a huge amount of space. Um, and secondly, uh, and, and probably the bigger issue, is all the crops that have to get grown to feed animals. So of all the cropland in the world, more than half of it is growing crops that are then fed to animals as opposed to growing crops that are fed to humans. Um, and it's because you need to grow, um, it's about 12 kilograms of plant matter for a cow to eat to produce a kilo of meat. It's about eight to one for pigs. Chickens are around sort of three or four to one. Um, and so you've got to grow, all these factory farmed animals have to be fed food that has to grow in uh, as, grow as crops. And so you've literally got 49% of the world's habitable landmass devoted to animal agriculture. So if you think about all the issues that then stem from that, so clearing forests, clearing the Amazon to grow these crops, um, uh, it, 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 all the water usage that goes into growing those crops and you know the lim limited amount of fresh water that we've got, um, all of the carbon emissions that come from this whole process. So 14.5% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions come from industrial animal agriculture. And, the, and these figures I'm sharing, by the way, are all uh, UN um, uh, Department of Agriculture figures. Um, so, so you can kind of go online and, and see all these verified. But yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Um, so so uh, animal agriculture is actually the second biggest um, emitter of greenhouse gas emissions behind electricity production. So transport's about 13% of global greenhouse gas emissions. So that's all the cars, planes, ships in the world and animal agriculture is 14.5%. It's more than all of that. So going vegetarian or eating, even just reducing your meat consumption is one of the biggest things you can do personally to lower your greenhouse gas emissions. You know, have solar panels on your roof and eat a plant-based diet are the two biggest things you can then do. Then electric car, yeah, is that going, Nick? Turn it up. Oh yeah, she's sizzling. Leave the lid off and we'll hear that sizzle in the background. I'm sure that'll be brilliant ambience. Mm. Uh, now just here on the uh, barbecue, the meat is uh, cooking away and um, it looks absolutely... The meat, see? I was I'm tricked. <laughs> huh? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> damn you. Damn you. No, no, it actually looks like pool... I don't know, it looks like beef to me. Yeah. Um, and we'll whack a couple of photos up um, just to show everyone on the day we release this podcast. So if you're listening to it in the background, then you'll have to go Google some. But uh, it actually is looking very, very tasty. So I can't wait to get into that. We're going to make a bit of a burger here in a minute. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm sort of sold on it. And the good thing about me is that I supply fruit and vegetables, so I'm not going to be stepping on anyone meat guys' toes because <laughs> we've got lots of meat mates in the, in the, um, in the world. And I, I'd, um, I, I feel that, you know, if there is a transition, there's time for people to get on board and, and be a part of the transition. It's not like we're going to put cattle farmers out of work or, yeah, yeah. or anything like that in a, in a hurry, that's for sure. So there's, there's, you know, and I don't think that everyone's going to jump on board. I mean... Uh, my mate here, Nick. You know, you're a big meat lover, and I'm I'm actually really looking forward to you trying it because I know you haven't yet. But um, yeah. Um, oh, there's the sizzle we were looking for. Um, 
But what we might do is, um, should we stop for a minute, Nick? And yeah, yeah, we'll stop for a minute. We'll be back with you in a minute. We're gonna make these burgers up, and then we're gonna turn the volume back on here when we uh, turn the mics back on when we're when we're eating. So we'll be back in a minute. Okay, so we're back on. We're back on. We're going here. Okay, Amanda, burger for you. Nick, burger for you. Thank you. I'll have this one. I think that one. I got this one. Don't know how I ended up with the smallest one, but anyway. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to try these burgers. So um, who's going to go first? I think I should go first, actually. You go first. So while I'm chewing down this burger so no one has to listen to that, um, yeah, talk a little bit more about working with the industry, how we can make sure that, you know, What's going to, you know, what potentially could happen to loss of industry and gain of industry? Yeah, so, um, I mean, we, we want to and are working with um, existing meat industry players. So, for example, um, JBS is the world's biggest meat company based out of Brazil. Um, they've got a subsidiary in uh, Sydney called Creative Food Solutions or Andrews Meats. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're working with them. We've been developing some ready meals and different things with them. They've, they've been using the product um, sort of doing some value-added work to, to to it to sell into various customers. So, actually, IKEA are using it as a um, plant-based chili con carne in their um, in all of their Stop restaurants it. and their stores. Okay, um, wait a minute. I've had a bite. It is bloody delicious. Nick, <laughs> you got it in your mouth. Good. Doing. Amanda. Mm. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Right. Approved. You don't sound very con. What's the word? Boring. Okay, you're in. Very much in. <laughs> and obviously you're in, and I'm in. So, yep. and I know that it sounds like a cliche thing to say because we're all sitting here eating this, and even my little puppy dog here is pretty keen on it. Um, but it is a really good product. Mm. So, thank you. When you finish eating that, and get it out of your mouth. <laughs> tell me what restaurants got it. Yeah. Um, sorry, chewing. Um, <laughs> So Heston's using it in uh, some of his restaurants in the UK, which is amazing. That was kind of our starting point. Then mm-hmm. um, we're doing a – we're partnered, so I'm based on the Sunshine Coast in Warana. We've got some, a bunch of local restaurants and cafes on the Sunshine Coast using it. So Glasshouse Brewery do a really – actually do an amazing lasagna with it. Oh, yeah. And then do I some think really I saw him do a too. little bit of a thing on your, on your mm. Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Um, cafe V, really good cafe in Budrum. Nambour Social, um, Schwenky and Malulabar. So a couple of good ones. Oh, hang on, I think I've got a bone. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny, Graham. Yeah, thank you. Um, (laughs) Then um, we're doing a partnership now with um, Salt Meats Cheese in in, nine venues in Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast. Yep, good They've done, apparently, I'm going to go try it after this, uh, an amazing... Uh, fully plant-based lasagna, so they've done their own. I'm coming with you. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Cool. Mm. They've done a fully, uh, yeah, they've done their own sort of vegan bechamel and cheese, um, and then they're using fable in it. Yeah. Um, uh, Maha down in Melbourne, so a really good, uh, uh, what's his name, Shane Delia, uh, really good chef based down in Melbourne. He's doing some uh, some curries with it. Uh, and Pasta Amelia in Surrey Hills, um, they've done a, a really good vegetarian lasagna and a vegan uh, gnocchi with it. Um, Salt Meats Cheese have done a couple of really amazing pizzas too, which I, which I'll try for the first time this afternoon. Well, um, so yeah, yeah, lots of lots of different chefs and restaurants, and we're keen we're keen to work work with more. I mean, we want to. Our goal is to help people reduce their meat consumption, mm. 
um, one of the best paths to doing that. We've developed the product for chefs, which is kind of what helped lead us to Heston using the using the product. So it's a really good kind of base ingredient. You can and then you can. It, it's pretty flexible what you can do with it. You can send it down the direction of pulled pork. You can send it down the direction of a braised beef or a beef brisket. Um, it can replicate any of those slow cooked meats. He, actually, Heston got, as he does, got crazily creative with it. He. Heston, crazy. He, he used it, actually did duck pancakes that, with it, um, which is fantastic. Wow. He's got a dish uh, in some of his restaurants. I just want to just stop you there. Nick is, we're holding up things to stop the wind here, but Nick is over the back. Oh, this is really good. This is really good. <laughs> as I look over while you're talking, but yeah, Thanks, sorry. Nick. Go back on to Heston. Heston used it to replace snails in one dish, and then he did a, he's uh, at dinner by Heston in Melbourne before it closed. He had a famous dish, it was a Vegemite ice cream. And so he he caram- crisped it up, caramelized it, made it really sweet, and added it to the Vegemite ice cream dish. So we sort of developed it as a meat alternative. But um, yeah, he's he's sort of taken us down the path of okay, well, there's other actually other really interesting things you can do with it because it's got some really interesting properties being being. I'm based super on excited mushrooms. about doing a video now. Yeah, 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 great. And, and letting everyone know that they can get it from Suncoast Fresh. I don't know if just announce that. <laughs> Amazing. Fable at Suncoast. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do a deal. Cut a deal on air, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'd love, we'd love to, we'd love to work with you guys on it. Yeah. But you know, you know, health's um, not important to a lot of people. But um, this is delicious. And tell me, what is it? Is it healthy? I, I know I asked you that before, but elaborate on the health side of things. Yeah. So, so I mean, we we in the West we eat too much meat. So we eat about 110 kilograms of meat per person per year. Um, that doesn't even include fish. Um, in, in Asia, they eat about 20 kilograms of meat per person per year. Um, and there's there's a bunch of evidence that you know we obviously evolved eating meat um, as as humans, but we didn't eat meat for every meal um, like like a lot of us do in in the West, and we didn't evolve eating 110 kilograms of meat per person per year. So there's a whole bunch of um, health issues that are caused by eating too much meat. So for example, bowel cancer. Um, vegans just literally do not get bowel cancer. It's it's bowel cancer is definitely related to um, meat consumption. Um, and, and yeah, you know, things like high cholesterol and heart disease and a whole bunch of other things that are um, drastically reduced if you reduce your meat consumption. Um, and so there's, yeah, so I think people are becoming more and more aware of that and wanting to reduce their meat consumption. You know, a lot of people don't necessarily want to eliminate their meat consumption, but they, they do want to reduce it. Um, and so, yeah, our goal was to provide a product that, you still get that delicious taste and texture of meat, um, but you get all the health benefits of shiitake mushrooms uh, and, and plant-based ingredients as opposed to um, some of the health issues that might come with um, eating too much red meat. So all I hear is win, 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 win. <laughs> is, there any, is there any downsides? I mean, uh, like, no, no. <laughs> obviously, I'm, obviously I'm, a, I'm, I'm a biased person to ask that question, but... Like taste and texture, you know, th- the value proposition for people is taste and texture. Number one, you, you know, you, you guys have you guys have eaten it. Um, it, it. It really does taste great. Um, price number two. So we price it <clears throat> pretty much in, into wholesale for, for chefs at pretty much exactly the same price as a good quality beef that you would use for, for braising. Um, so you're not having to pay a premium. Um, we're launching uh, <clears throat> we launched into Harris Farm last week in New South Wales. And we've priced it um, at eight dollars fifty for a two fifty gram bag of of uh, fable meat, um, which is exactly the same price that they have a um, pulled beef two hundred fifty gram pack of pulled beef for. So even in retail, we're we're not charging a premium. It's the same price. 
Um, and then the third piece on the value proposition is it's, yeah, it's plant-based, so you get all the health, environmental, ethical benefits. So there really is no downside, and, and that's our goal. Like if, and we want to get better at all of those things. You know, ultimately, mm. we want to taste better than meat. We want to keep improving the taste. It's pretty hard to improve on beef. Like you'd have to go and genetically engineer the cow or something to change mm. how it tastes, but we can, we can keep developing our product. Jim can keep, is, is continuing to do that in his, in his garage lair. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, ultimately we want to taste better than animal meat. Uh, we can produce the product at, at already. We're at the same price as beef with scale. We're going to end up being cheaper than beef. So you're going to get a better tasting product. That's cheaper. That's better for you. That's what we think we need to do to help end industrial animal agriculture. Well, I did ask you if there are any downsides, so but not, still not. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess, I guess one of, I mean, one of the downsides and one of the things that we're very conscious of is, you know, the meat industry is is uh, large. There's a there's a lot of people involved in the meat industry, and we don't want we, you know, we're not in it to cause pain to those existing mm. businesses and those existing people in the in the industry, um, you know there obviously is going to be change in that industry. And I think that that change is coming whether we do what we're doing or, you know, yeah, other people are going to do this. Yeah, someone's yeah. going to do it. But we want to work with the um, existing players in the meat industry. Like like for us doing distribution, for example, you know, we don't want to go and rebuild the whole distribution and supply chain. We want to work with existing distributors like you guys um, and also meat distributors who want to distribute products like these. Mm. Um, for restaurants and retailers who are selling meat, um, we want to work with those players. Um, and we've still got to grow mushrooms and all of the other plant-based ingredients in our product so you know we would love to work with more farmers in australia to be growing shiitake mushrooms um and and other mushrooms that that we'll use for for meat products in the future so you know we can still we can work with farmers as well so you know we, we don't want to go and cause pain to the existing people in the industry we want to work with them as much as possible as this you know as we see it as this shift happens over the next sort of 20 or 30 years to you know, meat, meat consumption dropping fairly dramatically. Well, you got me. I'm convinced that it's a, that it's a good thing, and I'm just um, I'm pretty grateful that it's a, a mushroom that you know I can uh, sell it without having to divert into <laughs> too many other products. So, yep. no, perfect. Um, tell me about um, you know what 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 comes to mind when I say dinner and doodles. <laughs> so we're doing uh, doing a little uh, promotion at the moment. So. So our, our whole go-to-market strategy had been um, work with chefs um, have, have, who are you, to use the Fable product in their restaurants, um, have the Fable brand on menus. Um, you know, that's a great way for people to be introduced to the product and the brand and try the product the first time. Um, and then the, the other parts of our go-to-market strategy, a go-to-market strategy basically been get the product into people's mouths because when they eat it, they, they love it. Um, and so we'd also been going to do a whole bunch of events. We were going to do a, an event called Meat Stock, which is this big barbecue event. Um, so it was going to be a bit of fun doing a plant-based meat there. Uh, we're going to do some you know, the normal sort of health food type events um, uh, there for tastings. And, and as we launch into retail, we were going to do in-store tastings. So all of that is like stopped because of uh, coronavirus. Um, uh, so our whole go-to-market strategy has kind of been thrown, thrown out. Um, so we've sort of been working through like, coming up with creative ways to, to achieve that same goal, get, get people trying the product. Um, and so we've partnered with uh, a whole bunch of restaurants, some of the ones I mentioned before, like Salt Meats Cheese, Pastor Amelia, uh, Maha down in Melbourne. Um, and they've done, all done up uh, Fable meals, ready meals, basically. Uh, and then we've partnered with a local life drawing studio in Darlinghurst in Sydney, um, who pre-coronavirus was doing life drawing classes. So yeah, nude model, 
art teacher takes you through drawing a oh, that's the a naked human beetle. <laughs> 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 and you get there's two angles, your drawing doodle and the male model <laughs> <right>. doodle. <laughs> Little double entendre for you there, Graham. Thank you very uh, much. Your mind went to the dirty version I saw, but uh, no, it also means drawing. Yeah. Not as educated as yourself. Not as educated as yourself. So basically for it's, I think it'll have, we might have finished uh, selling tickets by the time this airs, but from today, which is, Wednesday through to Saturday the 9th of May, um, $99 gets you dinner for two delivered from one of these restaurants. Uh, you get a kilo pack of Fable, you get some panna chocolate uh, and you get a ticket, you get art materials and you get a ticket to a streamed life drawing class that we're doing on the 16th of May. Um, so it's just kind of a fun little wow. uh, sort of package working with some other businesses that have also been impacted by the coronavirus and yeah, just sort of a way to put a fun fun sort of uh, event for people together to be able to do in their homes. I think people are very interested in, in different things because everything is different at the moment. So I was like, oh, well, let's do something different. Yeah, man. yeah. What yeah. do we normally do? Man? So great timing. Yep. Um, it is actually a real pleasure to talk to you. And uh, Same, you've, you've got something uh, that is amazing and something that I can see growing, um, you know, astronomically. And, um, yeah, proud to uh, even having this conversation with you. And years to come, people look back and go, hey, they had that conversation a long time ago. So <laughs> you're very uh, kind. I, I do think you've got a winner. And I, and I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think people are going to try it and love it. And uh, I'm definitely going to uh, help you with that. So um, thank, thank you. you for being a part of uh, the podcast, Produce. Mm. And I um, appreciate you coming down here. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. Thanks so much for having me and really love what you guys do, um, both from a food perspective and your your own pivot in this whole space too, having gone from a B2B business to now doing these amazing um, produce boxes for people at home and how quickly you've ramped that up. It's also it's been really impressive watching watching you guys do that too. So, so awesome chatting to you, Graham. Thank you very much for all that. And, um, yeah, that, that's been fun. And, um, well, we'll see you next time. I reckon we'll be talking again. Yeah, looking forward to it. Done.